You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hey, Tim. Hi. And I am Tim Kennedy. I you... failed to mention that. Oh, you did? Yeah. But there, now I've done it. And we've got a couple other guys with us today. <laughs> do you know where Farhan is, by the way? I do don't you know, know where Farhan is? <laughs> well, I do. He's sitting just to the right of me laughing. Oh, my God. We've, we've lost him. We haven't even started. And and Bodhi is making Farhan laugh. Oh my God, this is going to be this is this is the, this is like the maximum number of people we've had on in ever? studio. Oh, ever. in studio, yeah. Well, I think we've had more people on for a like Zoom, a mock draft, yeah. yeah, Zoom. But well, Farhan, welcome. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, guys. You, you've you've got it pulled together enough to speak. I think so. Okay, that's I'll good. survive. Okay, <laughs> Justin Bodhi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, good, good. thanks for being here. Good to have you back. Thanks to have me. I, for I, having me. Yeah. I, Are you I, talking about just since last night? Having back since because everybody was over last night. Right. Yeah. You know, just on the show. Yeah. I th- it's been a while since we've had either one of these guys on, right? I think Justin's been on. I think Farhan has been. We we feel like Farhan has been on more than he's been on. Well, he's a he's an ever present personality he on is. this podcast, he even is. if his he's not physically he, present. Yeah. Should I leave? No, 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 no. We're not, we, You're we in paid, their head, Farhan. We paid your 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 uh, your appearance fee, so you you got to stay now. That's right. You're contractually obligated. Yeah, contractually obligated. Yeah. Well, that's true. We did all uh, we did all see each other just last night at uh, at Sean's son's grad party, yes. the one that was supposed to end at seven. And I think some you, people had you, to have a thunderstorm clear them out. You, you went to bed somewhere <laughs> around eleven. Uh, and there were still people here, so yeah. it, what a rager! Who knew? Who knew a grad party could ever be such a rager? You supply enough free alcohol, and people will stay. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's it. The limoncello. What was in the limoncello? By limoncello the way? spritz. Yeah, it's something we uh, we developed a taste for in Italy. The, in Italy, everything's a spritz. They, they. What does that mean? Bubble, bubbly. Yeah, bubbles. Okay. Like, it's it's basically uh, a liqueur. And uh, water and soda, and uh, they have they have it at like five o'clock. It's like a happy hour kind of a thing there. Except for happy hour in Italy, they also feed you, mm. so the drinks are a little bit more expensive, and then you basically eat, eat a meal. Free. Right, oh, that's nice. So, it's, what was the liqueur in your your spritz? Limoncello is limoncello. That a, yeah. What? So it's just kind lemon. of a lemon. Yeah, it was, del- it was delicious. Yeah, well, it's, I appreciated uh, the water. Look, and uh, I stayed away from the alcohol because I knew I had to be here. Oh, you're just taking <laughs> it very seriously. Very serious, yeah. <laughs> As you said, I was booked. You're booked. Yeah, he had an obligation. He took it seriously. <laughs> uh, we, uh, speaking of taking things very seriously, we are starting what we hope to be a new series on the podcast: salary cap theory. Yes. Kind of where some strategic episodes. 
taking a little break from specific players and breaking guys down and talking a little more about the philosophy and strategy of salary cap in general. So this first episode of salary cap theory involves cutting players. We're talking about the, uh, the saddest moment (laughs) when you realize that your draft picks haven't panned out and, or maybe they're going to pan out. We'll see. Are you going to want to cut them or not? Or maybe you have a superstar on your team, but you take a look at your team. The guy doesn't make sense, and you're paying him a ton of money. Like, do you cut him? Do you trade? Obviously, you always try to trade guys first, right? Almost. Almost always. So, uh, yeah, we'll be having some of those discussions today. So, Sean, maybe set this up. If you're new to salary cap, like it's a different type of league than regular dynasty or keeper, right? So like, I think it's a little bit more like keeper league in some ways because, uh, like a traditional dynasty leagues, basically you get to keep everybody you acquire, and you only cut somebody because they're truly awful for the most part. Huge size rosters, you might have a five six round rookie draft. Pretty much every player in the NFL is on a roster, or and and uh, and. And that's just, it's just one model, right? And and with salary cap leagues, it's it's you have to make a lot more calculated choices with everything. Usually, we'll have smaller rosters, um, and usually have more limited rookie draft. And so there are players available in free agency, and then you also have to worry about salary. And so salary is a is a major, I think, a major driver of this choice right here. It's not the yes. only driver, but like you oftentimes are like. I have too many guys, so even though I'm, I'm okay under the cap, I can't keep all these guys. Or you might say, well, I, I have plenty of roster spots, but if I keep all my players at their given salaries or whatever, I'm going to be over the cap. So, yeah, we were just talking about one of the players in our league that uh, I think we he has 12 guys on his roster. That might be an exaggeration. Which is, but which is our, our, we have 15 15, well, 15 active, active and active, right, and then five, five rookie squad. Five rookie yeah. squad, yeah. But his rookie squad is literally empty right now. Yeah. So Which, he's of the twenty available spots, he only has twelve. Yeah. But, but one of them is Travis Kelsey. But yeah, and he's at, he's paying Kelsey, and he's at at the cap. So like, this is when you think about cutting for him, it it's going to come down to salary. He's got plenty of roster spots, but right. he might want to be thinking about who he can cut. And in the 12, is the kicker and defense the two spots? Yeah. So he really has 10. Wow. Yeah, because we, we still haven't gotten rid of them. That's, and I think I've three got, four players are steps. I've got a third of the league right here. I could actually just try very hard to get rid of the kickers and defense Shit. right now. We Can almost I? have a quorum. We almost have a quorum. Not quite. I'm fine with it. You're fine with getting rid of them? Getting, getting rid of kickers and defense. All right, yeah. so I got Bodie already. Farhan? Sure. Okay. See, so got him on the record. Now I won't get another vote. But anyway... Uh, so yeah, so it's 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 uh, where were we? I just got distracted. Well, so we, you know the general reasons to cut in salary cap is roster spots. You're up against the cap, obviously, yep. and then but maybe a possibly another consideration is if you want to impact the the market in your league in some way. So you want to affect the free agent market in the summertime here, or you are anticipating like a robust free agent market. Uh, in or you the just free want, agent like, auction like sometimes you're like. I, yeah, like I, you might want to. There's a. There might be times when you when you could trade a player, and then you might instead r- rather put the 
the the piece of fresh meat in the pool of the sharks and let them fight over it during the during the auction. That's 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 the theory there. And since you brought that up, is 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 this a good time to actually talk about that? Like, no, let's ex- save that for later. Expand. You, you promise? You're yeah, yeah probably, about later. promise. We, we, let's start with the simple ones. Let's start okay. with the simple ones. All right. So, given that, like, throwing this out to everybody here, how do you, when you are making cuts? How do you go about determining that tipping point of the player not being worth either the salary or the roster spot? Like, how do you think about it? Well, for me, it's kind of the opportunity cost, right? Do I pay that guy? You know, we have a $25 million cap, so I have a borderline guy for $3 bucks. What else could I do with that? Maybe I've, like right now, my team has a bunch of wide receivers. Some of them are getting kind of expensive. Would I rather cut or trade one of the lower ones and have that money to get a running back. It might help my team more. So it's kind of what else I can do with that, but then anticipating who might be out there in the auction or can I trade a guy instead? Um, but it's where can you best use those dollars based on your team and where your team's at. So, so do you going into, so we do our cuts pretty late in the summer. Do you going, do you know, like have like today and maybe not, today, but, but in a year when maybe you have, more free time or whatever. Would you know today what your plan is? I if I don't get a good trade offer for this player, I am going to cut this player. Yeah. So for right now, I've got two or three players I'm looking at of that I can maybe keep one or two of them. And if I can trade one, great. But if not, I've got plans of who I would cut and what else I would use that money for. Do so I want to so like you, sign so some you, young So guys? you have. So I for me, I have a plan. Okay. Ideally. This is what I would want, I, and, and actually, I start out with if I, who, if I wanted to keep everybody I could keep, what would my what would it look like? I'm like, we we mentioned we've got a twenty five million dollar cap, and sometimes they're like, if I give everybody the contracts I want to give them, I'm like, oh, I'm at twenty nine million, so I I have I can either shorten some contracts, or I can cut or, and or trade some players, and then you have to be worried about are you losing salary because if someone else wants to give you another player you know that doesn't that doesn't necessarily help depending on if you're saving salary or not and then um and then sometimes it's just like uh uh so i'll start with that and so i'll put together like if nobody will trade with me this is what i'm going to do and john this is why you never win (laughs) okay you tell me how you do it then that's fine no i didn't mean interrupt but so let me let me talk about something that i've been thinking about in life generally. Oh God. Oh wow. It's getting deep here. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So part of, part of the cut process has to be, um, you have to be really honest with yourself because all of these people that have, that are on your roster presumably are there for a reason. You invested in them one way or the other. You traded for them, you drafted them. Uh, they may or that you pick them up over somebody else. So a lot of it is the emotional baggage that you're dealing with. So part of it is you have to really think through and be honest and let go of the garbage. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, I don't have a lot of garbage on my team. Um, <laughs> Says every fan, the salary cap manager ever. <laughs> but well, Farhan did do pretty well last year. I mean, he was yeah. second, so I mean, let's give him some credit. <laughs> Why? Well, and who was first? Yeah. Who was first? can't remember do we actually have we have the the, we the have finalists the, the finalists in the right room here. justin's nice. the champ yes we'll say thank it you, we'll say you. it loud yeah. And, yeah. and proud i'll just globally. Refer, refer to you as champ the rest of the episode there you go. and That's then okay. we, and then we have the first loser 
in the room too. The number one loser. Farhan. The number one loser, Farhan Hassan. All right. Anyway, Which I'll be off all year. But um, so so I think that's I think that's part of it. And then I think the next step then is I I agree with what Justin said, is figuring out what can you do, in terms of picking up somebody else or, or if you, you know, or can you trade that person? But you know, one of the valuable things that I've learned mostly through other people, because my team has been loaded, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, um, has been that when people do cut players and then I see their team again after they've cut them and they've picked up somebody else, it's typically a good move. And if you don't take that risk, you're not going to find out what you could have gotten. So there's that element of it yeah, as well. Right. And, and I think that can be really powerful. So I, you know, I'll, I'll use Justin as an example. I think he, he cut a couple of players and at least he made a big deal out of the fact that he was going to cut them but after he cut them he picked up a couple of players who really did really well for him and he got really good deals on those players right. who are th- who are they justin you remember well i'm not sure sh- that usually happens to me so which one times are you talking about <laughs> the the, the year that i'm talking about i think he and this was the one good year that he had he picked up raheem mostert all right um, and waller and brady and, in and, that same auction so I think the that's latter a killer, two. That's a killer auction right there. So, so I think I think that's the key is if you and I have made that mistake not cutting somebody because you're still attached to them and you think they'll still turn it around or you won't get them back or they you won't do better. But typically, if you're in that vicinity, that's probably the right reason to cut those players. Right. Yeah. And oh, you, well, I was going to say the key to that for me anyway is knowing what's going to be out there so like the process sean said he goes through what if i could re-sign all the guys i want and what's my salary at where i do that for every other team as always the owner of all your teams and i have a spreadsheet on each team and i'll go through and do contracts for everybody and say well this guy's gonna have two spots and five million bucks he needs a running back and i'll kind of go through and i'll see who they might cut how much money they'll have and then i can look well if i cut some of these guys and try and get Travis Kelsey or whoever might be out there. Ed's going to have 15 million bucks anyway. I can't compete. So maybe I'm better off hanging on to Waller because I'm never going to get Kelsey in the auction. So kind of knowing what your opponents are doing and trying to get into their head can sure. help you decide. Uh, you, you, what you're and you're do. famously good at this because like I do the same thing, but it, whether it's because I'm, I'm not as smart as you are or because uh, I'm trying to manage well, not so much lately, but I'm trying to manage the league or, or run the auction or whatever else. You are able to, in real time, say, oh, yeah, well, you know, Farron's only got 0.2 left, so somebody bid him up, right? There's a lot of side talk at our auction, which, which you know, I'm fine with. I don't know if you guys are fine with it, but I think it, it, right. it helps everybody. Well, in, in, I have in a, a spreadsheet, right, with everybody, all their players and salaries you, by position. Also, I can change if they get a guy in the action, I'll put them in there and, and I can see what's well, left. And well, what... and a lot of guys have slow auctions. Like they'll have these things being running and they're maybe not in the same room, room with everybody. So it's not too hard to basically maintain that, even if you're slow like me is what I'm trying to say. In ours, it's much faster and I just can't keep up with the spreadsheet. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go in there with the, the greatest intentions of managing the auction. And it, it, when, when the real bullets start flying like Justin's still on it and I'm not that's what happens to me well and let me add one more thing I I agree with what Justin said but then there's another thing that happens at the auction which is at least in the ones that we have been in excuse me which is that we think that somebody will have the money 
or the resources to get a player, but that doesn't mean that they will actually try to make an aggressive play for that player because they may not know the same information. Right. So it's right. also unpredictable that way. So, you know, there, so how many, how many times have we been in an auction and we get done and we then find out that somebody still has five, six million left. And they passed they on good they players. passed on it. Yeah. So part of it is guy. the timing. I've been that guy. I've been that guy who, who I'll go to an auction and I'll think this is the value for this player. And I will, I will bid up to that. We're kind of getting into the auction strategy here, but that's, I'll, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to bid up to so-and-so, uh, so, such an amount and such a player. And I should be able to get this player or this player, and then I want I'll fill this other position, and I won't fully commit because people always get this wrong. In an auction situation, the value, the market value of a player is not the consensus; it is the minimum bid more than what the the guy who wants that player the second most is. So you could have a league of 12 people and 10 people could hate this player and never want that player. If two people like that player, he's going to go for wh whatever the second guy wants right. and a little bit more. So I shouldn't start the bid with 5 million. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so Bode, I want to get back to something you said earlier and the answer to my question might be no, or, but you mentioned the, the auction where you got Waller and Mostert and Brady and Brady. Did you know before that auction that those guys were going to be available and end up cutting more people or I, more salary? I did. I don't remember exactly who I cut, but okay. I cleared some salary. And okay. the other, well, the other thing I did, like I got Waller. I couldn't afford Kelsey's in that same auction, but what I did was throw Waller out first. People were holding money back for Kelsey, so I got Waller cheap. That's a good strategy. I threw out Monster at first. People were holding money back for Eckler. He went for double which I, I mean, I'd rather have Eckler and Kelsey, but I couldn't have afforded to get right. either of them. So right. I got these guys. Well, there's big guns out there that people were holding money for. Yep, that's so. a good strategy. But but in terms of preparing for that, you were you, you you went through the effort to figure out who's likely to be available, and then that helped you assess the market value for the players, right? For your own players. Like right now, you're not going to get a deal as long as like Ed and. Mark have that kind of money. There's some people in our league that are going to have a ton of money. So if I'm trying to go for one or two players, I, I probably will get outbid. I got a that. story about Ed coming up here. And, oh, and, you're saving and, it? Well, it's just it's it's something you know All an right. example from from my team from last year. <clears throat> All right, one other thing, I wanted to throw this out to you guys too. You mentioned at the top of the episode, Bodie, about having somebody at three million dollars, which is about twelve percent of our cap. Um, Check out the big brains on Tim. <laughs> We've just been doing this. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Let me have my moment, Sean. Okay. My big brain. Yes. Um, that's kind of where I start to think about it, too. Like, when guys get up to be about 12 to 14%, uh, I really start thinking hard about, is, is this a superstar worth that kind of money? You know, it depends on where my team's at. But um, is that similar for you guys? Do you care if a guy's approaching that 12, 14% mark, or is it? Is that just how I do I, things? Well, it depends on my team. If I have a complete team of some young guys to contracts and I'm short one running back, I'll pay him $7 bucks. He completes my roster. Why not? Right. Like to what Sean was saying, like he's not worth that. I'm not going to re-sign him, but for one year, why would I just like go in with extra money and not have it? But if I'm trying to acquire someone and build like a cornerstone for years, then they start getting to that number. Like you're not going to want to keep them a lot of years over that. Right. So right. 
so for me, like a lot of the, the contract traces, it, it, I've, I personally have done, uh, I've, I have, uh, cut players that let's say I had them at, at 10% of the cap. And I was like, Oh, I think I'll go for about that, but I can't afford that player. And then, but I, I'm oftentimes also up tight against the roster limit as well. And then that player, I, I will see that player who I would like to have back on my team go for like a lot cheaper. And I'm like, you know, if I could, if I known that player was going to go cheaper, maybe I would make a different cut decision to free up that roster spot. Like I could, I like this player. I could keep this player. Uh, I would still cut him because it, because his probably his salary wouldn't have been worth it. But if sometimes it's a big enough bargain where you're like, well, I really would have liked to have kept that player at that position. And sometimes you 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 cut players thinking you're going to get that player back. Do you guys do a lot of that? Where, where well, there's players you like, but you just don't think the salary's right, and you think, I, I'm going to still bid on this player again? Sure. And sometimes they end up, like, you'll shop a guy around at a really low salary. No one will trade for him, but you don't want to re-sign him to a four-year deal or something, so you cut him, think you'll get him back, and then he goes for three times that, right? They're not willing to trade for him, give him an asset, but they're willing to bid their money on him. So it goes both ways. Yeah. There, it is an interesting dynamic where, the, where the, when you're in, entering trade discussions where there's, you've got, the value, like some, if, if you want something from somebody, they have to perceive that person to be worth more than than the thing and uh, than the thing that they're going to give up. But also, they're also weighing in their head, like, well, you might just cut that player, and I can get that I can get that player for for nothing other than my salary my space. salary space, which maybe they have plenty of, you know. And so, that's always a factor in in terms of trade discussions. I feel like so part of it has been, at least in, in terms of how I've analyzed it, the last four or five years, I think, at least for our auctions, maybe two, three star players, maybe two, three above average players, and then there's a whole lot of unknowns. I think that information is important to know, at least at the surface, what sort of players will be out there. Because then I think that goes right to what teams have the money and they're going to get those star players so at least in my mind the way that our league has run so far and i don't know how it is for other leagues obviously you'll have to look you know look and analyze it it really depends on how many free agents are going to be available in terms of free agency and i think that goes with the cutting process so for example i have a player and i know that if I were to cut him, he would go at least for that much, if not more. But I have an unfavorable contract. I know I have no shot of getting him back. So Stefan Diggs? Yes. Okay. Um, we can, it, 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 and when, when you say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sean. Yeah. No. When you say uh, unfavorable contract, is, is it the, the price? It's the fact you've signed him several times and we have escalating contracts? Correct. So Correct. The, es the escalation? So the, yes. So right now he's at... I think close to four million, but the next contract that I can afford to give him would be an option, which means I lose him after one year. Um, but if you wanted to sign him to another year, it'd be each year at this point would be either a million or two million, right? It's it's two million. So okay. if I sign him, it would be six. If I keep him at four, and it'd be six just for one extra year. And yes. two, and two million dollars in our league is a little under ten percent of the cap, so mm -hmm. it's like eight percent. Yeah. So I I think that's a big part of it is. 
I, I, when you, if you know that information, and I, I know that there is, I don't believe there'll be any other player like a Diggs and available. I, and I just want to make sure, because what I said might be confusing. If you signed him, you'd be adding 8%. Correct. He, he wouldn't cost you 8%. He would be he, adding to that, he's, adding to an already big contract. Right. He's currently at what, uh, for, for, uh, for $4 million on a $25 million cap, that 15%? It's a significant um, increase. Yeah. And yeah. then you're adding a bunch just for one extra year. Right. And then if you, we in our in our league we can option which basically if you option a player he's for sure gone, uh, but you get him one extra year at that last salary. But then his option year would be at, at this huge salary. And Farhan's team for everybody everybody if they don't know, his team is stacked full of talent top to bottom, and so like having one player worth that much money is going to be really hard for him to manage because he's got a lot of players. So. A good example in real life would be the Vikings getting rid of Dalvin Cook because they're concerned about extensions to Daniel Hunter, presumably in Justin Jefferson. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's I think it's it's helpful to look at who's going to be out there. And I think that that to me that's a very important fact. Is that a selling point when you when you when you approach people for digs? Do you say, look, you you know I'm going to have to cut this guy because everybody knows you're going to have to cut digs, but. Um, but, like, you get him for me right now, and he's you get him at four million dollars. He hit, you you can get him in the auction, but he might be six seven million dollars. Right? Absolutely, just and did that for a player that I know I'm forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, you mean Aaron Jones? Just did this a month ago. Moved okay. Aaron Jones for a second round pick, and my presentation was, which I think is appropriate. He's going to go for this much in, in the, in the auction. Yeah, and I, you are assuring yourself of getting him. You have the space. I don't take him. I moved Aaron Jones last off season for the, at the same salary, just to move up from the ninth pick to the fifth in the rookie draft because I knew I couldn't keep him. Yeah, but he was still had a great year. Yeah, and I got instead of you know a Sky Moore or something, I got Olave in the in the rookie draft. So for me, it was worth it. I upgraded my rookie pick. The last piece nice. was irrelevant, yeah. audience. We don't pay attention to that. <laughs> All right. I wanted to, I promised to bring up this story involving Eddie. Okay. Uh, this is just an example of something I did last year that kind of backfired on me, but I thought there might be some lessons learned from it. I had Kareem Hunt on my team. Um, I was in a rebuild, so I didn't feel like he fit my team. He was getting a little older. And you had given up a lot to get Kareem Hunt, correct? Uh, I did. Yeah, I traded down in the first round, but significantly down. So he, he cost me something for sure. So the emotional baggage was there, as Farhan mentioned earlier. Um, but I also really, I still like the player. I tried to shop around. Nobody nobody wanted him. Nobody was biting on a trade. Um, Just so everybody has a frame of reference. Sorry to interrupt, Tim. No, that's fine. Uh, you gave up eight. You gave up the number one overall pick for number eight in Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so, who's, who's the number one overall pick that year? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Who I now have. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, I, I did, it made sense people weren't biting on a trade for Hunt because he had just sure. come off a season in 2021 with like 500 yards and five touchdowns. Right, in you had eight, Chubb there. So in eight games. Yeah. Chubb's there. 
Hunt was going to be, he's, he was 27 last season. Nobody wants a running back getting that old, right? And I needed, he needed a contract extension that would have put him up at that 12% of the cap number. So people didn't want him. But I still thought he had some, some uh, tread on the tires. So I was like, I'll just cut him. People don't want him. I, I want him on my team. Um, turns out he didn't really have tread on the tires. He had a pretty poor season last year. So it probably worked out to my advantage. And because I cut him, I was sitting at the auction expecting to sign him. So I had all this money laying around afterwards. It did allow me to pick up Amari Cooper. And he ended up being the wide receiver eight in our yeah. league scoring last season. So it was a turned out to be a win for me. But I guess the lesson and what learned, did Hunt go for in the auction? Did he went for, he went for like that twelve or fourteen percent that I would have paid him if I had given him a contract extension. So I think he went for like three point two five or three point five out of the twenty five million. Yeah. Um, so I, the lesson there, I think you, some of you, one of you might've brought this up already, but like, just because people don't want to trade for him doesn't mean they aren't going to go get him yeah, if right. he's available in the auction. And just because he's probably worth 3 million, Cooper might be a better fit for your team anyway. Right. right? So now, yeah. now when you made the cut decision, did you know that Cooper was going to be available? Had you thought of that? I didn't. So this is where Eddie comes into play. He's kind of this unpredictable manager in our league. He he was is in a rebuild now. He cut a bunch of players, Cooper being one of them. He thought he would get Cooper back cheaper too. I talked to him afterwards because he's the guy that ended up signing Hunt. But um, so by signing Hunt, did he? Who went first? Hunt, Hunt went first. So he he basically took himself out of the running for Cooper by by this and this is what I was talking about when when we circle back a little bit. Sometimes you want to have an effect on the market, and and sometimes by by dropping a piece of meat into the market, the sharks feed, and you can and you can get what you can really. <laughs> He is the Deshaun to... Watson owner, after all. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, but sometimes you you can create a little chaos and you can get things that you want uh, instead. Yes, and and also, Sean, you brought up this point earlier too, where like ten ten guys in the league didn't want him. It came yeah. down to Eddie and me bidding each other up, and it just. I ended up stopping because I didn't want to pay him that much. But so, so when you're when you're thinking about okay, I might. Okay, I can't really afford this guy either because he's. I got too many. I got too many players, or I got not enough salary. Do you deliberately reach out to people in the league just to test the waters and say, "Are you? Would you be interested in, in Cream Hunter or Mari Cooper, whoever?" And and what would you? And then and then get a feeler for maybe this person has some interest. They don't have interest, uh, um, or maybe the thing that they would offer me. Is like you, you might Tim might have said, would you give me like in theory you could have just gone to Ed and said, look, I'll trade you Cream Hunt for Murray Cooper. And I just didn't think Ed would have. I might have approached Ed. I don't remember, but he's not a guy. A guy I would have picked out as wanting Hunt that year because he. Right. I, well, he had a lot of receivers. I recall, and they were expensive because I think he had Hopkins also at like seven million, yeah. and yeah. Cooper was like four or something, and they were all multiple year contracts. So I think he just kind of thought. You know, well, cut all these guys and start fresh. They and both get refresh their contracts, right. so they, 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 now they can re-sign them and whatnot. But I guess my question is, is more or less, is is part of making your decision about whether to cut a player and you're deciding 
can I trade him? But you're also trying to figure out if you like the player, will will they end up coming back to me at a cheaper salary or not? Do you, do you deliberately engage with other owners with both of those things in, in, in mind? Like maybe they'll make an offer for this player that I like, or maybe I'll at least find out if they're if I'm going to be competing against them in an auction. Like I said before, I think a lot of people won't trade. They don't want to give something up, but when they think they can get them in the auction, they'll still bid you up on them. That's my, been my experience. I try and trade guys and have you know no one will take them, but they'll bid me up in the auction if they want them. And because they're you, not giving up do you another think you piece. You can tell though just by talking with them and their response, or, 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 or do you just just get like no response and then you have yeah. no information? To I deal think with. Farhan can tell he's way better at that. Um, <laughs> He's the trade master. Right. I, I think part of it is, at least what I've struggled with it is, let's say, let's take Stefan Diggs, for example. The teams that would be interested in him at that salary and take on, and take on, you know, where, where he is at the moment are the contending teams. And if they're the contending teams, they likely don't have the cap space. So the, so the teams that actually could take on Dick's salary are probably in rebuilding mode. So that's that's what I have found. And then that makes it difficult to make a trade because then they're taking on this short-term player. Whereas yes, those that same owner might be interested in Diggs in the free agent market because then they got a fresh contract and they can they can got a ton of cap space years. to spend. Yeah. On. So so there's a difference trying to trade a person on an old contract versus a new contract, same player, unless it's like one of these guys that's like truly, like maybe D-Hop or something like that's truly nearing the end of the road. But Diggs probably has a couple extra, couple years left and you might, at a decent contract, you'd want him for several years, I'd guess. Yeah, so I, I mean, for me, I, you know, I think Justin brought up the example, moving up in the draft from 10 to five or whatever he did, regardless of how that turned out, is I would rather do that then, then, you know, take, you know, then kind of just cutting him, knowing that I'm not going to be getting this player back under any circumstances. Right, you're not a big player in the auction with your roster. So for you affecting the auction market probably doesn't matter to you, or it might to somebody like thinking they're going to get their number two running back in the auction. They want to throw is something it, out. Is there ever a situation where you would cut a player when you are offered something that is just a draft pick? If, if 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 your choice is, I can't keep the player. Farhan, you're talking to Justin, and just because you guys are both here in this room, and Justin says, "Look, I'll give you, uh, or, or I'll, I will take Stefan Diggs from you, but uh, you know, I'm going to give you can move up in the draft, X number of spaces." Would you ever say no to a deal like that? Yes. And why? Because I might see Diggs on his team. He doesn't want to face me with Diggs as my right. number four receiver. So you would rather throw the player out. This is what I was getting. You'd rather throw in that situation, knowing that Justin might be bidding on that player. You'd rather force him to compete yes. for that last piece because you know Diggs is the last piece of that yes. puzzle. Or he might be in your division and you have to go through them to even make the playoffs. Yes. Right? I mean, I think that's part of it. I, I wouldn't be just – if I'm going to take less value – or just in, in your hypothetical, any amount of value, mm -hmm. right? It's important to know where you're sending the player. 
You but, might rather take less to send him to a non-contender if you think you're a contender, just so he's not on the market for well, someone the, else to complete the team. It's the same kind of thing in, in, in the NFL. Like, How rare is it that a team from the NFC will trade a good player to another team from the NFC? Like it doesn't like the Vikings have made trade couple of trades with the Detroit, Detroit Lions and Hawkinson and, and we let and, the Bears move up to get Fields. Yeah, and that but that's how it was noteworthy because nobody really does that, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think in, in fantasy football leagues where you probably have 10, 12, 14 teams, it's not like thirty two teams. Those decisions I think matter more. Like you, if you think of this player as as a, the final piece for a contender. But let's say you're in a, you, if you were in a rebuild, though, then you would take pretty much any offer for that player if you're otherwise going to cut him, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 So if that means, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm have to package 17 and Diggs to move to 13, yes. There are times, Done. though. <laughs> Done. <laughs> there, there are times, though, where I would say where I have cut a player – I can't remember a specific situation, but I remember the emotion behind it. So there are times when I think I've cut a player when I had a trade offer on the table simply because I thought the trade offer was insulting. And I thought, I'm not going to be the guy that's, that gets that, that helps this guy. I'd rather just cut him. Because the thing I would be getting is not that much anyway. Can you and share what that was? No. Third round pick? See, but Farhan does this. So Sometimes people think he gives them a good pick. deal and they'll trade with him later because they're like, view Farhan as we'll give a fair deal. So sometimes but, you might like help your trading reputation if you lose a trade now and then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Farhan deliberately throws a couple of trades here and there. Yeah. Is that what that was good? Is that, and it works for Nikoloff and uh, right. and for Lance, right? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Says the guy who turned Elijah hey, Mitchell hey, into hey, Josh hey, Jacobs. Hey, 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 hey. Do you guys? Uh, <laughs> Tim, what personal. about you? You have not talked about what, what your thinking has been on, on that particular question? Yeah, would I cut a guy? Yeah, I think I would. I would. You'd have to consider. You've a lot of it has been said already. Consider where your team is at. If you're contending, you don't want to give your top rival a good player, even if you can't afford to keep him. Um, so, but generally speaking, I would obviously prefer to trade somebody than cut them if I can, and it's not going to hurt my chances. Yeah, but well, I. Had to, well, I was going to transition us, Sean. So if it's mm. if it's the no, last no. point you want no, to make, no, 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 no. I I just wondered if if there since we're talking about making cut decisions, if it, you guys have any maybe cut decisions that you're wrestling with right now on your rosters that might be illustrative for people to hear about, uh, and we could we could talk through them and and share our thoughts. I'm really uncertain about cutting Rob Gronkowski because I think he might be coming back. <laughs> Is that is that emotional baggage? Yes, <laughs> emotional baggage. Well, for me, it's Diggs. Yeah, and and really, the choice is: do I keep Diggs at the salary for one more year, or do I give a contract to a player like Rashad Bateman? So conversely, I may want to move Bateman. And somebody else. That's so. That's it. Kind of gives you a frame of reference. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a, you got a situation in, in Bateman where you still don't really know what you got. You have some emotional baggage. Former Golden Gopher. Uh, and uh, but you didn't draft him, right? 
I did not. You did so not draft it. The baggage so is less. There's a little but it's bit there. less baggage. Yeah. It's there because you probably traded something for him. Uh and and so you're yeah, weighing out a couple of things. Just you're not you're not giving up a you on one hand you have a, a really known quantity in digs and as you've been for years, your contender every year, so why would I give up this thing that everybody wants digs? Until they don't, but they still do. But now it's a good year to get rid of him. I mean, he's unhappy in Buffalo, and we saw what happened in Minnesota when he got unhappy in Minnesota. He was gone. And then he blew up. And then he blew up. That's true. That's true. Get him, guys. There you go. <laughs> Mahomes, he, all he needs to do is go to, to Kansas City, right? So so what do you, do, I, Bodie or Sean, do you have, would you have advice for Farhan, like, in, in this situation? I tell him do what he always do, does, trade digs for somebody's uh, first-round pick that ends up being top three because they think they're better than they are. That's what he'll probably end up doing. They'll think it's going to be 12, and then they're not that good. Yeah, you know, That's this, what is, the, this is the final off. piece. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, I we're not part of those discussions, but it feels a lot like this is the final piece. You got this, he'll, you've got this, you've got this, if you get this, you're likely going to be a contender. Meanwhile, in the back of his head, he's like, they're not a contender, and this 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 pick is going to be potentially a top 10 pick, top five pick. Okay. So I know you guys are making fun of me, which is fine. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm no. jealous. Praising you. But I, I will say there is a part of, there is a part of you have to take the risk. So for example, and this has happened. If you take an unknown first rounder and it's not conditional, then you also have to take the risk, and that has happened to me. Yes, that the pick would be number twelve. Yeah, right. And specifically speaking of Ed, going back a ways, I moved Amari Cooper as soon as he was moved to Dallas, mm -hmm. and th and that trade, and I moved Coop Cooper for a first rounder next year, and I was really happy because nobody wanted Cooper, and Ed that year ended up winning. The entire thing, Cooper in part because of Cooper. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, he got into the playoffs because of one game where Cooper blew up mm -hmm. and had like four touchdowns. So part of it is you have to you have to also then live with the results. Yeah. And 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 I think that goes to your point, Sean, when you said, you, "Will you be willing to take less?" So it's all a matter of perception, but I think it, it, it I think it balances out. Yeah. So do do you guys make different decisions on cutting guys? depending on how you assess your own place, your team, if you're a contender. I mean, if you, if you, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, in a rebuild, if you fundamentally, uh, uh, yeah, if you're in a, a rebuild, you don't pay someone 7 million bucks on a third contract. You'd rather use that money to get a bunch of cheaper players that hopefully will become your next cornerstone. That'd be, I don't know. Farron, yeah. do you remember not being a contender? In the, I mean, is it, Far enough ago that you don't remember it. No, two thousand two. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow I missed Steve Smith, yeah. and that might be the reason I wasn't a contender. I didn't yeah. even know who that was. Um, sorry, what was the question? It's... I just was wondering how. I, I'm trying to keep us on this this cut decision question. I'm just was like, you evaluate your own team when you're making a decision. Are you how much are you aware of? where your team is at in terms of how, whether you're mid rebuild, beginning of rebuild, 
you're approaching contender status, et cetera. Is that, does that Absolutely. Make, make a big difference in, in your, um, in your, in yeah. who you decide to keep and cut? Absolutely. Yeah. Not only that, I would even add, you also have to be very aware of what other teams could benefit from the player that you might be cutting and or trading to them. So for yeah. example, you have a dire need for Diggs. And I'm not just saying that. <laughs> I could use right? Diggs. Mm-hmm. I and, could use Diggs. And, and so, so just being aware of that, whereas Tim does not. Right, if you um, trade him to somebody else and then they'll just keep him out of half the market. Right, too, right, right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think the part, another part that I look for is, at least when it's a player like that, is, is why would you pay somebody you know, that price and that would be certainty? It's the same reason why you would perhaps, you know, resolve a case as opposed to going before a judge. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying that for you, Sean, since you are supposedly a lawyer. I've, it's been rumored. <laughs> it's been rumored. So, so I think just having That's the certainty, <laughs> just having the certainty of knowing that this is the player that you are not going to get. By the way, I should add this: I got Dicks last year in a trade. And right. I gave up a first round pick for him. Uh-huh. That was a big part of it because I knew if I could get him, then I would shape the rest of the roster around him. And that worked great into the finals. No, I was going to say, Tim, you asked earlier, like if examples from our team. So yeah, I'm kind of I've got a, some decisions I'm trying to make. Right, I have a pretty good roster, um, but I have three guys of which I'll probably only be able to keep one or two, basically, and. One of them is Kirk Cousins. I've got my two million. My other quarterbacks That's are eight percent. Or Tua, who's cheap and more my long term, but he's risky guy to go in. And Jordan Love, who I've got the minimum, right? So, mm-hmm. but Kirk is the a nice floor option, right. but he's also the most expensive of those. And and then running backs, I've, I've you know I've got McCaffrey, but after that, I literally got like Jeff Wilson, kind of nothing. But I've also got Samaj P. Ryan, who I picked up late last year, and he's two dollars, which isn't. Eight percent, horrible. He's probably worth that because in Denver you don't know if Javante Williams is really least, all the way back yeah, for right? at least half the year. I think. But is he worth it on my roster? Because I've got then you know a stable like five good receivers that are expensive. But then I've also got Darren Waller at three bucks. So between Waller, P. Ryan, and Kirk, I can't keep all of them. Mm-hmm. I got it unless I like trade Devonte Adams or do you know something else to like create cap space. And so I'm looking like, well, do I keep Waller? I think he's going to be good. There's not a lot of other target people in, in New York, but with my lineup, I can start all wide receivers. I don't even need to start a tight end. And same with P. Ryan. Do I get rid of those guys and keep Kirk? So I have my quarterback locked in and just, just go with McCaffrey and all my receivers? Or, you know, and it kind of is going to depend on what I might be able to get for any of those players. I could go multiple different directions, who sure. I keep, who I trade. Are you willing to reveal if no one trades with you, who, which is the one that's going to get cut? It's not is decided yet. I haven't decided yet. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah. Well, it's tough to, tough to go yeah. into a season with, without a safety net at quarterback because even in well, a one-quarterback one yeah. league, it, it, it matters. And how are you assessing your team this coming year? Like, are you – Seeing well, yourself as... I mean, I did win last running. year, and I've got, you know, like I said, I've got McCaffrey, and with our lineup, you can start four receivers and one running back. So I have McCaffrey, and I've got Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Um, who else do I have? Mike Williams, Chris Olave, and C.D. Lamb. So i got five receivers, and McCaffrey, I can I only have to play four of those receivers. So P. Ryan would be nice, but if I keep P. Ryan, I also need to keep Waller. So I have a, a good... Well, I have Fryermouth as well. So... 
you know, if I go with the two running backs, I need a tight end. So do I keep both of those guys, or do I let trade them and and keep Cousins? Show off. No, but it, I don't know what to do. You know, it's because uh, I'm up against the cap. So part of it would be if I shop stuff around, or maybe I shop around a guy like Devontae Adams, who has been really good, and he's still got value. Could I get a nice price for him? Yeah, and keep more, and that would help me for the future. Yeah, you, you, or you, you, or McCaffrey, even frankly, I could get a lot for him right now, mm-hmm. and he's, I think he'll still be really good. But you know, if I hang on to him for a couple more years, then I might not get nothing for him. You know? My so. initial reaction, given to what what you just said, uh, I would probably cut P Ryan first. You have you, you don't need to start a number of running backs That's in our league. You really have some question marks at quarterback. If you get rid of Kirk and Love doesn't pan out and Tua is out of the league, like you're really right. I've been in that deep dark forest where I don't have a quarterback on my team. Right. Um, so I, I P Ryan would be my initial. I yeah uh, I, I I agree, but I think he'll go, go for two bucks at the auction or more. He might. No, I know. think he's a valuable piece this year. But I think he's he's going to be one of those. But I would say he's the classic player that no one's going to give you anything for. Right. But. But he will go high in the auction because people are going to be like, look at the the lack of running backs and think, well, you know, he's probably going to be the starting running back there for at least part of the year, and then you know, if they, a platoon if situation they, if they, if at they, worst, right? If they peter, if he peters out, then at least they've got a starting running back for a little while. So I think that yeah, right. It'd be nice for me to have much. a second running back. But he's probably not worth the two million way that my roster is right. constructed. But you never know; he could go for more than that in the auction, depending on who's got money and how desperate they are. And, and I think you've already said we've got two owners in the league that have a lot of cash to spend, and yeah. and they'll spend it. So if you need a tight end or something, Sean, yeah. you know, if you're going I, multiple is, running this backs, this has become everybody's talk. pitching yeah. Sean. Everybody is. Uh, it's because my team's all set now. It's, That's what it it's is. looking so good. No, it's because they, they <laughs> my can, rebuild they is can smell that well, He's got close. a bunch of running backs and mid-tier receivers. I, I, I've, I, got, I've a... got too many running backs and not enough good receivers. That's you guys have both correctly identified that. Yes, I've got a player I could throw out. Maybe just for this. Yeah, I think sure. could be pretty quick. I I have Zamir White who I drafted. Who? <laughs> <laughs> right, but Josh Jacobs is on a one-year deal this year. They really don't have enough. They have Amir Abdullah and I think another player, Bolden, I think, is there. So a bunch of a bunch of no, nothing, you know, right? So um, he's cheap. I have him at the minimum salary because he was a third round draft pick for me. Um, but I'm just wondering, you know, how do I want to hang on? To, I do have a little bit of roster pressure. Do you keep him on your developmental squad, or was any rookie last I, year? He, yes, uh, I could. I don't. I also have five other guys that are eligible for so that really is why there's a little bit of roster pressure like do i activate him and take an a, a roster spot on the active roster um or do i activate one of the more expensive guys and keep him on on dv or on my taxi squad so that's kind of my that situation is, that is another category of cut decision that i think we maybe should take a little bit of time talking about is you have been the You've been holding this guy onto your developmental squad at little cost. And whether it's Jacobs or Nico Collins, it's like they're not really affecting you in a significant way. But you don't you can't keep him there forever and you have to make a decision and it's a it's a it's another that's like at least a moment where you have to decide are they worth an active roster spot? And and I think that that is 
I mean, for me with Samir White, I think the answer is no because I just think that they're going to give Jacobs more money. The answer is cut for you. Yes. Okay. I agree. I think we're wasting time. Sean, I, I do want to say this. What do you Wait, think Wasting of... time on my question? On Zamir White. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> probably, Sorry, Tim. He'll probably go for 1,000 yards and 10 this year. Yeah, no right, right. And I'll be wishing that you... Yeah. Uh, but please invite me again. Um, I do actually want to know your thought process on Nico Collins, actually. I think that's an interesting person on your player on your roster who is going into the third year, which means you have to give him a contract. Yep. At the same time, he hasn't done much. At the same time, there wasn't really opportunities were not there. Yeah, I think the situation there, for me, he's for sure, if I were cutting him, I would be upset that I was not able to make another trade. Uh, I do like him. I think his, I think he has done pretty well. Um, and he is a really good opportunity. So he's so he's not classically who I would cut. I would probably cut other players on my team or move other players on my team to be able to keep him. At the same time, I'm fairly realistic about it because I don't I don't know that he. I think if he was, I think I would be seeing more signs that he's going to be a superstar if he was going to be a superstar. Like it's possible, but uh, but I tend to think that. He could be a, a solid player, but um, so I, I don't know. I, right, you need salt. You can't have all superstars. Well, you can if you're Farhan, yeah. But but uh, but he's he's a player that I'm probably like a, he would be competing for roster spots with Taekwon Thornton, for example. And I would rather have Nico Collins than Taekwon Thornton. So that's kind of how I, I would weigh it out. Like if I had to cut somebody, I didn't like Thornton when I drafted him. Yeah, he's had an opportunity there in 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 New England as long as they don't sign Hopkins, but but for me it's like those are kind of the, the, those those players that are either coming off my developmental squad or they in Thornton's case I couldn't fit them on my developmental squad to begin with, so I, I rostered them all year last year, and um, you know, and now I have to make you know give him a contract more or less. So keep Samir White, by the way. Really? Sure. Okay. Why why are you saying that? Because he's in your division and would rather that you just <laughs> He's just no. sabotaging your no. team <laughs> yeah. on air. Jacobs nice, can't take played. every carry. You know, and running backs go down, so why not? Yeah. He's a roll of the dice. And he yeah, I'd, I'd keep him. A cheap roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. We gotta wrap it up, guys. I do have one question quick. Yeah. yeah. So um if if you guys are thinking about uh, cutting a player, how much are you thinking about the age? And so let's say you've got somebody who, who's established, so, um, and you know what, what sort of stats you can expect versus somebody like a Nico Collins, somebody like a Rashad Bateman, somebody who has shown flashes but not really done anything. How does that weigh in your decision? making process that's that's a really tough one for me especially with receivers i feel like i don't want to miss uh, out on a guy who's young and i bring back steve smith again but justin made the decision to cut this player i picked him up and he basically took me deep into the playoffs and championship and whatnot for most of his career if you have a guy like Diggs and you cut him i mean 
in two years, he's not going to be a major factor. So it's a, it's a, it's a, the window for what you might potentially lose is smaller. Now it's a more, much more of a known quantity. Like that's that, that right. really two, two great years out of Diggs versus six mediocre years out of maybe Nico Collins. I'm right. not saying that, but no, it could I, be right. That's exactly yeah, right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Weigh. So, so I feel like it's a much more feast or famine thing with a young player than with an old player. But there's also with Diggs, you also have the cliff. You don't know when the cliff is coming. And I don't think it's, I think it's safely outside of two, the two year window, but, but you never know. Sometimes, players wake up and they're just i mean des bryant classic example like it was great had like a one year where he was like injured a little bit and then poof after he broke that bone his foot is never the same never was the same that's true and it also assess trying to accurately assess where your team is at is a big question when it comes to age too like if i'm contending i don't really care too much as long as i I can reasonably expect a strong season from that player. I don't care if the running back's 28. You know, Derrick Henry, for example. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if if I'm in a different spot with my team, it definitely plays into the decision. Like, by the time my team gets good, Henry's not going to be good anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, during that time, Henry's going to be winning games for you that you might want to lose. True. Yep, exactly. All right. Farhan's contract is uh, is coming up here. We're going to have to pay him more money if we keep him longer. So That's we, true. we got to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us, Farhan. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bodhi. Thank you. It's really fun to have you guys on. I think next week uh, we're going to be looking at how, the impact of free agency, uh, not free agency, the rookies and uh, free agent moves uh, on their veteran counterparts on the teams that they moved to, I think was next in our list, Sean. Oh, well, what it's coming up in the near future. So how has how has DK Metcalf's value tanked because of Jackson? That's the Java. first question on the doc. Got there it. You go. Okay. You want you want to come back and answer that <laughs> question for us? This is another. I, I could. I think the only other interesting question would be Charbonnet being drafted where Kenneth Walker is. I believe you were just asking for Kenneth Walker oh, two no. seconds ago. That's right. Verbal, verbal <laughs> he's, jabs. He's trying Sean's so hard roster. for me to do to, for a Walker Diggs trade right now. He's you actively see him pumping up Diggs and also suppressing the value of Ken Walker. It's, that's why he's so good, Sean. He's, You're suppressing the Walker of Ken Walker so badly. I'm going to call you Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. We look forward to next time. And until then, bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.